instant analysis time for the exit 52 podcast oh that is just a beer is cracked by rdt right into the microphone that you know what i'll just let you have it 30 30 to 24 win for the titans take it away yeah, hold on. Let me. I gotta put something else on. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the Derrick Henry uh, jersey right over the Orioles shirt. That is just. I mean, sums up your presence on this podcast right now. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I, I again, like we talked about before we came on and hit the record button. <laughs> Whew, that's a that's a January uh, twenty twenty expired beer. Um, thank God this game was good because every other game stunk today. And, and when we say this game was good, it was, I mean, it was about as back as, and forth as you could go. Obviously it started off with the Titans, you know, taking it down. John, there's something about Johnny Smith in the first quarter of these games uh, in that same end zone. Um, and then the Ravens kind of, the, the Ravens were doing that. It, they weren't punching it in and, and they were getting down there and getting the field goals and, you know, even though they were down, it was like, man, this is a ticking time bomb. You know, they're going to start, they're going to get their feet under them and the offense is going to get going. And it did eventually. Um, I think it got up to an 11 point lead with the, the Mark Andrews um, catch, which was a beautiful throw by Lamar. That was, that was probably one of that and that third and what 13, 14. Yeah. Where he kind of just dropped it into the bucket. Um, those are probably two of his better throws. Um, but then from there, I mean, and, and it's so overworked the Derrick Henry in the second half, Morton, even in this game, the fourth quarter, like the Derrick Henry will wear you down. And that's exactly what he did. And we can go back and look his game winning touchdown um, is I, it has to be the same play that he um, the long run that he had where he stiff armed Judon or he bounced Judon off him in the playoff game. If you watch it, it's the same thing. He runs left and then he cuts it back and bounces out to the right. Um, I mean, from my point of view, it was, it was a very exciting game. Yeah. It was, it was one of the – I mean, I was going to throw up the entire time. I thought this game was done. Like I said, I texted you guys asking. Yeah, that's what to say. That has I to wanted be to, I you wanted texted, to – You texted you know. at 155. This game is over. Yeah, I wanted to get it the – It was 7-3, to three and we were about to kick a field goal. Yeah, but again, I can, you can feel – One of the all-time early reverse jinxes of all but time. But it's because – and you guys saw this defense fucking stinks. Like, if it was third and six or even – if it was third and 13 – the Ravens were getting it and they knew it. Um, and I know, I know, I knew I was waiting for Banks's tweet when Vrabel went for the field goal on that fourth, um, that, that, or that third down, you know, where they, it wasn't a, they didn't go for it on, th- on fourth after it got off a play. Um, and I, I'm with, I'm right there with you. If they would have lost that game, that would have been a big, uh, that would have been the big uh, takeaway for me, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Seven and three. I'm losing followers by the by the seconds. Um, just, it was, but again, I mean, at least I'm happy that it turned into a good. Um, it was a good hard fought game. A lot of big hits. Some some def, definitely some. Uh, who was it? Deshaun Elliott laying the wood on uh, on Henry a little bit. I think that kind of woke him up. But that was uh, that was a hell of a game. It was it was uh, it was it was a fun one to watch, at least from my point of view. Are you done? You're probably not done, but I guess it's time for me to say something. Uh, my, my head is swirling right now. I'm so, I'm like, I'm fuming. I have a billion thoughts racing through my head and I can't really figure out which one to start with or which one to, to grab and just start talking about. I'm just fuming. Um, this was a gut punch game. Like these other games that we've had, it seems like there have been excuses that you can make or, or reasons or, you know, it was monsooning last week or, um, you know, there are some, some silver linings or whatever. This one's just a gut punch. This is a, God damn it, 
we we are just wildly incompetent kind of game. We just shot ourselves in the foot so many times in terms of penalties and um, just missing plays by fractions of an inch. If Lamar hits Andrews on that, oh, it may have been the same throw that he hit on the third and 13. In the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter, he, he, he floats one it, like into that second level of coverage and Andrews just gets a fingertip on it and can't come up with it. And there's, there's plays throughout the game that I can point at that are just like the timing is off or people are just positioned poorly. I don't know if it's bad coaching. I don't know if it's a lack of discipline. I don't know what it is. There's the ball that um, Lamar kind of floated to the back of the end zone to Andrews. They, he could have come back to with a little more muscle or, or Lamar could have thrown it with a little more gusto or, or, you know, Hollywood Brown, who played a terrible game again, awful game. He at least had a step on a guy and Lamar should have let it go sooner or at least threw it a little further. And he kind of doesn't go out and get that. Duvernay had the one on the Lamar interception where he doesn't know where the hell he's going. Like he didn't seem to fight for the ball. It's kind of shades of that Torrey Smith uh, up in New England in 2014 interception where it looked like he should have made a better play on the ball and he just didn't. I don't know. There's just so many frustrating things that go into that game. So many moments I can pick out that are just, just loser moments like the penalties, eight penalties for 80 some yards or something like that. It's week after week after week. We do this just there. There are some poor calls in there for sure. The roughing the passer really jumps out that gave Tennessee three uh, free points. But at a certain point, you have to overcome these things. You have to be tougher mentally than that. And they're just not doing that. So, you know, I came out of last week questioning everything. I'm starting to get answers. And the answers are this team is just, going nowhere fast. They're just playing loser football and they got to figure it out quick. Yeah, I think that's, that's well said. I, I, the, the couple of things that jumped out to me, like you said is, and obviously I, you have to give a lot of credit to the Titans for sticking in the game in the third quarter when it felt like it was slipping out of their hands a little bit. Um, and really one of the biggest plays of the game that either really, or one of the biggest sequences that sums up the Ravens season right now is in the fourth quarter with, I think about seven thirty to go. Um, Lamar runs for eight yards. The ball doesn't get spotted as a Ravens fan would have wanted. That is what it is. That happens all the time. It's third and one. And then Mark Andrews, who did not have a bad game. I mean, I mean, makes the touchdown play was a good adjustment to the ball. Obviously had the third and 13. That was big. You know, he, he led the team in receiving jumps off sides when the play has nothing to do with him or sorry, jumps for a false start. And when the play has nothing to do with him. And it moves it back, and then they punt, and that kind of keeps the Titans in the game. If you convert there and you end up having Tucker hit a field goal, it's a very different game at that point. As you said, Banks, the Ravens are not executing on either side of the ball at a high level at all, really at all. Um, and they, they did some good things uh, in the first half. I thought defensively they really did do a good job shutting down Derrick Henry in the first half. I thought Malik Harrison played very well. I thought Derek Wolf had a great game really for all 60 minutes. He just, he just took, um, and I guess into overtime, he just took blame for the, the Derrick Henry touchdown. But at that point, Gostowski's He's, probably, probably hitting the field goal. Anyway, I thought that was his best game. as Oh, no, that's true. I thought um, that was his best game as a Raven, but you know, the Ravens have two supremely talented cornerbacks. And in this game, they needed those guys to be awesome in single coverage, and they weren't. Um, when they were selling out for the run, those guys were not, especially in the second half. Corey Davis got loose. Obviously, we saw what A.J. Brown did. Um, and then the A.J. Brown touchdown sums up the Ravens' physicality. After Deshaun Elliott laid that hit on 
Henry, I thought, wow, the Ravens are really asserting themselves physically in this game. Like that is a little bit of a statement. Elliot looked down at Henry. Henry went off hurt. And that felt like a momentum play. And from there on, the Titans were more physical than the Ravens. And you saw it on the A.J. Brown touchdown. um, And you saw it throughout the rest of the second half. Uh, that was a uh, pretty embarrassing look for the Ravens' defense to have AJ Brown run through all those guys. Uh, an amazing play by him, but you got it. You got to bring him down. And the Ravens just continued to not get it done offensively. Lamar Jackson's got to complete that pass to Andrews. I, I know it's a tough throw, floating it over the top, but if you're paid, you're going to get paid to make that throw. That's the throw yeah. in that situation. And you got a giant target out there to lay the ball into. It's not like he was throwing that to Hollywood Brown, who, by the way. That guy's really got to look in the mirror. I mean, it's a tough scene. He doesn't even get – he has three targets, no catches. He doesn't ever look like he's open. They don't ever even really make an effort to give him the ball. I don't know what's going on there, but he he has clearly um, taken some sort of step back the last five or six weeks. I think he's averaging 18 yards a game right now over the last six weeks. That bet obviously dropped today because he had zero. So the Ravens, the Ravens don't have a lot of weapons. I mean, shout out to J.K. Dobbins who who brought a lot of kind of like umph to the game today. That would be my he would be the one again, Raven that I would say like good for J.K. Dobbins. He had a good game. Like where was more of him? I was terrified of that guy. Like just I mean because he was chunking off seven eight yards every time they touched every time he touched it. Yeah, he had fifteen carries for seventy yeah. yards. He got but a I mean, carry to start the set of downs in overtime, and he got two yards, and then they abandoned the run, which you know second and eight, you know. Yeah, mix something else in, mixing a throw, but they just didn't really get it to him. The thing that, yeah, he's definitely the one of the bright spots. The thing that bothers me most, I think, is even all the the positives that you take, there's a there's a pretty good positive to be taken with Lamar driving down the field and putting them in position to potentially win the game. And then they have the illegal formation penalty that puts them behind the sticks a little bit. And then I'm telling you, I blew up on Twitter. I lost my mind. I lost my mind on that third and six. That when was, he had 35 seconds to throw, nobody got he, it. He found 35 seconds to throw. I don't know if they dropped eight into coverage or whatever it might be, but somebody has to get open. I mean, I don't know if he, if maybe there were some windows he could have tried to fit balls into, and he was just kind of maybe the last thing coach says over the uh, over the headset before the, the play is to kind of, hey, we, we're in range. Don't, you know, make any dumb decisions. Just make sure that, you know, whatever. But you want to see your quarterback go out and win a game, and he, he didn't. He didn't try to make that throw. And the most frustrating part is it just nobody seemed to get open. You have guys kind of jogging into certain spaces of the field and then kind of like not really knowing what to do. You've got probably maybe the best quarterback of all time in terms of like ability to just make somebody miss in the backfield and buy more time and make something happen. And the receivers need to be on that same page where broken plays can be exploited. Like this team would absolutely cook if they could – they could make something of these broken plays and they just don't seem to be happening. And I don't know who's at fault, but it seems to be week in week out. The wide receivers are just not getting open repeatedly over and over and over. And that's the most frustrating thing of all, because there's just opportunities are there and we're not taking them. So you can't even feel good about the drive for Lamar put together. We got the field goal. Very good. But was it enough? No. So the narrative continues. Lamar can't get done late. And it looks like the one receiver that was getting open was Dez because Malcolm Butler lines up 13 yards off him every time. Yeah. And I mean, Tony and Nance were just nailing that into the ground. The, if Even if it's a run play, just throw it out there. I don't know why they didn't do that every single time. I mean, Malcolm Butler is literally 11 yards off of Dez Bryant. And, and 
I don't know. I, I was just waiting for that play over and over and it happened and it, it was neat to see Des get a little involved. He was getting hyped and he was getting into it. So uh, it was, it was neat to see him out there. I think they had a really great play design drawn up on that illegal formation penalty with, with the throw to Marquise and he had space and it may have been a touchdown and it got wiped off the board. And that, that may or may not be the difference in the game. Just little tiny things, illegal formations, like the slightest of, of false starts by Andrews on that team, the team is not disciplined enough. Like there's this lack of discipline, lack of execution. The Titans did a great job. They played with a balanced attack. They clearly had a plan of what they wanted to do on both of the late drives. The one that where they took the lead and then the one in overtime where they would run on first down and then they, they'd roll out and find something short underneath and just keep the sticks moving. And guys were just getting open repeatedly. And they had, they just seem to have much more of a direct and planned out attack and they were executing it. And it just is so the complete opposite of what it looks like on the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens. at this point. So I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm so annoyed right now. I'm so tired of watching. It, it wouldn't be so frustrating if I knew this team wasn't capable of great things. That's the most frustrating part. Yeah, the question is, do the, do the expectations get rejiggered at this point? And is this, is this not potentially a great team? And that's what you said, I think, at the, at the top. Are you coming to the realization? And obviously, the, you have the high expectations going into the year, and rightfully so after the 14-2 and two year last year. And not every team is similar. Just because you bring back so many of those guys doesn't mean the exact same thing's going to happen. And it's pretty clear that this team does not execute on the same level. In terms of Lamar Jackson, 17-29, 186, a touchdown and a pick. 51 yards rushing. He was average. I think that's pretty much sums up his day. Had some great moments, had some low moments, had some moments that were not his fault, had some moments that were certainly his fault. Um, Game is probably not on him, but he didn't. I mean, at at a certain point, there are times where if you're going to be a star quarterback, you've got to take the game in your hands and you got to win it. He He had the opportunity to make the game his. That's the thing. You know, the game's not on him in terms of he didn't lose the game for them, but he didn't go out there and win it. And the opportunity was there for him to go out and win it. And he didn't do it. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big thing. I think that this Ravens defense, as I said, you know, earlier, you give up, you end up giving up 423 total yards and it never seemed like that much, but the the Titans got into a rhythm in the second half. I mean, with the play action, I mean, they know they really play and Tannehill is not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination, but they really do a nice job kind of playing to what he is pretty good at. They get him on the run a little bit. It's a lot of play action and they just go behind their horse and Derrick Henry's a stud man, 28 for 133 and a touch. I mean, He's no joke. And that's, and in the first time it felt like the Ravens had a little something. You saw Malik Harrison make a few of those plays banks. And you had said, you know, this week, that's why you bring a guy like that in. And he made a few of those plays. I thought queen made a couple of nice plays. He has a ton of tackles. Yeah. Um, He's obviously looks the part of a guy that's going to be very good, but yeah, this is for, I mean, it's very frustrating. I I just, your, your heart is in your stomach when you watch a loss like that as a Ravens fan. Um, And, and now you, you head into a Steelers game where, you know, you lose that and you're not certainly not going to be favored to win it. And you're at that point, you're six and six and you've pretty much got to win the rest of them. So. Well, let's do it. I mean, it's, it has the potential to get ugly on Thursday because this, this was, this was a bloodbath for both teams. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a game with this many injuries um, in a long time with the Ravens. And this wasn't even, um, 
it, it wasn't like freakish injuries. It was like, you just got battered kind of injuries, like just guys just throwing themselves into each other on both sides of the ball, like both teams. Um, it was fun to watch, admittedly. Like that's the kind of football that we like to see in Baltimore when the result is what it was not so fun, but um, these guys are going to be licking, licking their wounds for a couple days here and they need to ice up and they need to get right for Thursday because eh, Thanksgiving might be canceled boys. It might be canceled. At least we'll, are, are you an early Thanksgiving dinner eater? So at least you'll have the, the food done and not be in a bad mood by the time the yeah, game starts. It's probably a plenty to vomit if they, they play anything like they have the last two weeks. I'm yeah. Just, I'm starting to be at a loss for words. And you're never at a loss for words. There's like, I'm not resetting. I've said this before. I'm not moving the goalposts. I'm not going to reset expectations on the Ravens. I am just acknowledging that they are falling far short of the expectations. Not going to change the expectations. Yeah. They shouldn't be changed. After you, when you go into the season with Super Bowl expectations and you have the personnel the Ravens have, I think the one thing that if you're Eric DaCosta, you're right now looking at is, okay, on the outside, we have Marquise Brown, Duvernay, Prochet, Miles Boykin. I think you're looking at your weapons that you've brought in for Lamar. And obviously, I think Lamar has regressed a bit as a passer this year, and there are probably a lot of reasons for that. Some of his fault, some not. I'm not sure these guys are the guys on the outside at this point. I mean, you just don't see it. I, I, this was supposed to be a really breakout year for Hollywood. I don't mean to harp on him, but – he should be harped on. I mean, you he, have to he has to be harped round. on. He's a first round pick. And at this point, he looks like the rest of the Ravens first round picks at wide receiver. Yeah. I don't he think looks like I don't Rashard think Perryman. He looks like Mark Clayton. He looks like Travis Taylor. He looks like all of them. And he, what he looks like is a bust. And I hate to bring that word because that There's is a, the word. It's a label. But right now, at this point, he looks like a bust. He looks it like looks a guy like, who can't do anything. So It looks like Miles Boykin is, has been essentially fired at this point. Yeah, he's a gunner on special teams. He's right doghouse now. now. Yeah, he's not even in the game. Des, 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 played, took, Des played a good game. Des, I mean, Des he took did. his snaps. Des took yeah. all Miles Boykin's snaps. And Prochet got in on offense as well. Yeah, that's a big I catch mean, he had the, there. What, the most consistent one is Willie Sneed. And Willie Sneed is doing what Willie Sneed's done his entire career. He's fine. He works within the hashes. He gives you nothing as a deep threat. He's a possession receiver, and he, you know, you know, is fine. He's fine. But they do not have – I think one of the expectations coming into the year was that, oh man, you've got Lamar Jackson coming off MVP a year. And now you have three studs at running back, including an exciting rookie. And then you've got all these little interchangeable creative weapons on the outside in Hollywood and, and Duvernay. And, and maybe that's a product of us just buying into how good, well, the Ravens draft one thing they've never drafted well is wide receivers. So, I mean, we'll see if that gets better, but now when you look at it, you know, 10 or so, whatever weeks into the season, uh, Mark Ingram doesn't play. I mean, he, he barely played after the first quarter. He's like an opener in baseball. Yeah. And you give him like two carries on the first drive. Yeah. And it's like, Hey man, Maybe thanks. They, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, you in the they, saw, they saw if he had it. He does. I mean, so he's not really a thing right now. Dobbins should probably just get 20 or 25 carries at this point. I mean, I, yeah. I love the Gus bus. I've, I've talked up the Gus bus all year. He didn't really look like a factor in this game. And then you move to the outside. You have Andrews. You've lost Nick Boyle. You've lost Hayden Hurst. And who, who, you know, was productive last year. And you have nothing on the outside. You have nothing. So that's a problem. I mean, that's a big problem. You want to improve a guy's passing game, a guy like Lamar Jackson, everyone talks about having weapons. Maybe the Ravens have no weapons. Maybe it's just Mark Andrews. I mean, that's a realization now watching this team week after week. Hopefully that changes, but it is what it is right now.
trying to look at some some rushing stats here for the team as a whole because it felt like they ran the ball fairly well, but the stats don't really show it. I see 33 for 129. Yeah, 3.9 yeah. average is not not great. And you no, the Ravens can't win Lamar. average 3.9 yards per carry. And Lamar, Lamar is not he just doesn't look as confident in the run game. And I think no. part of that is the is the, the offensive line is is not playing as well as it did last year. And we have to continue to say how much of a loss Yanda is. I mean, it just continues to become more clear week after week that when you have a Hall of Famer in your offensive line and you lose that guy, it's not exactly going to be a plug and replace. But Lamar is not getting free, you know, in the open field nearly as much as he did in 2019. And that's an issue for the Ravens um, at this point. So we'll see if they can continue to adjust. And then defensively, I mean, they need to get Campbell and Williams back. I mean, you could see, um, how the Ravens wore down, how the Ravens front four wore down throughout the game. They still can't get home. Yannick Ngakwe just keeps continuing to be close. Maybe it will come as we go through the last few weeks of the season. But And it's funny because um, Yannick did the same thing against Tannehill when he was on the Vikings, I think, in week three. Did that same, came around, chopped at it, got the ball out. And that one, he did get the ball. That, that was a confusing play, too. Yeah. You had Gene being like, I don't know, is it is it one? And, and Tony. I also... I don't like Tony and, and, and Jim as much when there's no crowd because they're just talking normal and like, cause normally they're yelling and they're excited. They popped off on the AJ Brown touchdown. That's as animated as, as I've ever heard him, to be honest. I, I, I was kind of blacked out for that. Just I being bet like, you were on the ball, but it's just cause they're just talking normally because again, there's no, that loud noise around them. That, that was something that I, uh, that I picked up, but. I Maybe. thought they were awesome. Yeah. I think Romo breaking down why Lamar threw the ball where he did on the Andrews touchdown was phenomenal analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, the out, yeah the out of bounds and all that. Well, I mean, and he's done that for since he since he started being an announcer, and that that's what made everyone love him so much. He isn't he's not doing the predictions as much anymore, and he hasn't been. Maybe they told him to tone it down. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Yep. Lamar yeah. says it looked like the Titans wanted it more in the post-game media. That's the thing. Like, this is what's bugging me is like, I thought that the whole incident before the game and Harbaugh really being the one who, who kind of, you know, I know that it bugs you what he does, Eric, but him kind of sticking his nose out there, whether he was right or wrong to do it, like show a little feistiness, show a little life. Like, no, that I liked. I thought that was yeah. Neat. He needs to be doing those kinds of things, and I loved Lamar nudging uh, Malcolm Butler when he scored the touchdown. And like, hmm. it's okay to be chippy. It's okay to be feisty sometimes. And it's frustrating when it looks like a team is sleepwalking through games. And they're that fourth quarter, they look like they were sleepwalking the entire time. It's frustrating as a fan to watch when it just doesn't look like your team wants it as bad as the other team. And so Lamar kind of hit it on the head there. Yeah, and they, at this point, they I'm reading all some – we always do this in this postgame. You kind of have the postgame quotes going as we – they they just sound like a team looking for answers right now. Like Did Derek you see Lamar's, quote, Lamar's other quote about – Hollywood, yeah. People want us to lose. I feel like people are rooting for us to lose now. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I, and this is, this is the – and maybe this is, this is kind of the salient point maybe to end this thing on. The Ravens last year – were a team that came in with Lamar as the starter. They'd made that playoff run. No one had any idea if he could throw. No one any, had any idea if they were going to be able to create a system around him. And they ripped off this incredible regular season that obviously stopped in the playoffs. But at the entire year, they were the fun. 
they're like the, the they're like the music artist that has a great first album. It's like everyone loves them. They're like what Billie Eilish is. This is gonna be a weird comparison. What? This is, like what, this is they're what? like they're like they're like what Billie Eilish is right now. The Ravens now are what Taylor Swift is to everybody. Everyone wants to tear them down. No, you can have no more fun. It's no, you can have no more fun. You're the big dog at the top. Everyone's tearing you down because this is what America does. This is a more, this is a societal point. This is what we do as Americans. <laughs> we tear people that get to the top. We tear them back down, and that's what that's that Lamar quote right there. Lamar was the fun, lovable great quarterback last year but now when you win the mvp and then you lose in the playoffs and then you get talked about on first take every monday by Stephen a and max and you get talked about every day by skip and shannon and you get it no longer becomes fun and you've that's when you've got to find it mentally that's when you have to find mental toughness after i make a pop star comparison that's the overall point i'm trying to make is this ravens team didn't face that adversity last year they didn't face and they never faced being the team that everyone expected to win everything that's a different mentality that's a hard thing that's why it's what the Patriots have done for years has been unbelievable because every year they're expected to win win, and every year they win. And the Ravens have never been in this spot before that when they've won the Super Bowl, it's been two, two teams that no one thought was really going to do anything. And then they came together as the season went on and won two Super Bowls. They've never been the team getting chased. And right now they're the team getting chased and they are failing. They're failing as the team getting chased. Now, maybe you can reset it and now be the team that's chasing and be the underdog and try to and, and try to do that. But at this point, and, and I'm sure John Harbaugh is a smart guy. And he's a good coach. He's looking at it. And he knows that's happening. I mean, he knows, that's you see that in what these guys are saying. They're not used. They're not used to the, the expectations from their own fan base are so high, so freaking high, which and fairly high. You've got to meet them and they haven't met them. That's that's just what's going on. At this the point. thing about that, the, your point is right, but. There have been all of these crossroads week after week, the last few weeks, where it's like, okay, all right, you know, we're not meeting expectations. We're kind of chasing in the standings. Everyone's down on the Ravens. The Ravens stink, blah, 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 blah. When is the point when they they flip the narrative on its head and start to play like the underdog? Like, when do they start to, to get off the mat and start to fight back? Because it's just not happening. I thought maybe last week was that moment. And it, it for – in the second and third quarters today, it looked like they had an answer, and then they just they just melted away. It was it looked like Dean Pease. It looked like Dean Pease defense, just getting bullied in the fourth quarter and wearing down and not having an answer. It just it looks like the Ravens from I don't know between 2016 and 2018, or 2017, whatever. Just no answers, and they 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 just they got to figure something out here. I don't know if they got to burn the uniforms or do something drastic. Like, I don't know, some football guy moved to just burn the juju and start over. I don't know. Something's got to change. I don't know what, but something's got to change. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the situation is they've got to realize that. And, and I, it's, it's funny because I, the Ravens and I don't, you know, you read there, the quotes of the players. I do think the Ravens do a pretty good job and I, who knows what their PR team thinks or doesn't think of it. But they're pretty honest, most of their guys post game. They they really do give you a fair amount of sound bites and quotes. And this team right now sounds like a team that last year they went out and made things happen. They went out and took it. And this year it almost feels like they're waiting for it to fall into place. Like this is supposed to happen. We're the best team. Everyone told us we were the best team before the year. We're supposed to go 14 and two. We're we're destined for the Super Bowl. You've actually got to go out and do that. 
And, and that's a t- sometimes a tough spot for a team to be in. And you watch teams fail in that spot. Uh, I'll make a quick comparison that maybe fans locally, the Maryland uh, basketball team had a team in 15, 16. That was the top five team in the country was supposed to be a national champion, Mellow Trimble and all those different guys, Diamondstone and had a g- very good year but didn't have a great year because it felt like the entire year they were waiting for their, all their talent to gel and just make it happen, and then they lost in the Sweet 16. And that feels like where the Ravens are going. feels like they are going to stumble into a playoff spot because their schedule gets really weak. They're going to play a bunch of teams they're going to beat. They're going to go 9-7 and seven or 10-6, and six, be the eight seed, and lose in the first round is what it feels like they're moving towards, which would be a total dis- which would be a great year two years ago when you have Lamar as a rookie. Now it's a disappointment. So they've got to, they've just got to, they've got to figure out how to get that that thing back and maybe they won't get it back and maybe this will be kind of a year from health situation for them it's happened before happens it's a, a bridge lot. we'll cross when we get to it if that's the bridge but um if they continue to spiral here and they lose that first round playoff game or if they somehow miss the playoffs with that week's schedule like i i don't know where and how you start to evaluate things after the season like that seems to be a short leash of sorts i i, I don't know i don't know this is just a massive disappointment at this point in time and we're at the same crossroads that I just referenced that we've been at three of the last four weeks. And I just, I want to see something. I need an answer. Well, we won't have much time to wait as the Ravens play Thursday night on Thanksgiving. Um, we do have to shout out and Eric, I'll, I'll allow you to, to, to talk about this. If you'd like the, uh, the segment on Mo and the ESPN pregame was, was really cool and fun to watch our guy, former guest, Jeremy Khan on the show. And I know that meant a lot to you to see that too, Eric. Um, so that was very cool. Yeah, I, I thought, like I said, when Jeremy announced it, I think last week that uh, ESPN was putting theirs out. And again, I think NFL, whatever NF, whatever show is on NFL Network at 8 o'clock on Tuesday, they're going to show it on there. I think they're going to play it again leading up to Raven Steelers. Um, but obviously, with you know, they did the whole, it, we're going to preview Ravens Titans, and then we're going to go right into the, to the Mo segment. And I thought it was really well done. I texted Jeremy. I said, it's crazy that they made, you know, a guy that ugly look that good on TV uh, with his <laughs> big old beard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. And again, for all of us who know the story and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's always, it's, it'll, it'll recirculate every now and then, but, but now to have it on a national platform where, and my biggest takeaway was after number one, Sam Ponder, just not being able to speak. I don't know if you guys saw it live. I, they yep. Mm-hmm. They tried to go back. And my biggest takeaway was Rex Ryan not having any words because Rex Ryan will speak for hours about anything. And he just couldn't even speak after it. She tried to toss it to somebody else. So and she nobody could get herself together to go back mm-hmm. to the break. And not, they were all like almost looking at the table. Like we don't have it. Like yeah. Randy Moss was doing it. Hasselbeck was doing it. And, and Bruce Ryan, Key, same thing. Like, eh. yeah, they were like, and then Sam Ponder had to kind of bring herself back together. And she admitted, and it was actually a nice sort of moment. She said, I, this is the third, like the third time I've watched this. And I, every time I, I can't keep it together. Um, yeah. I so mean, it yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a great watch. It's very sad. Um, but again, it's like, I, I think it's super neat that, not just people in Baltimore, not just people in Maryland. Like now, I mean, it's a national show. It's probably the most watched pregame show that everyone is uh, was watching it and and got to learn a story. So, and again, Tuesday night at eight o'clock, and I think Thursday night. I don't know what time um, it'll be on. Something else will be on um, NFL Network. So if you uh, if you, if you miss this one, you can you can catch that one on NFL Network. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was awesome to watch and uh, credit to Jeremy for jumping on and doing that and all the stuff he's done with Mo. Um, 
make sure to go back. He talked a lot about it when we had him on the show too. So if you haven't heard our interview with him, make sure to go back at least to listen to those part to give you some insight on, on that relationship, which is very, very cool. I think that's the, a good place to end it there. As someone texted me after they saw that segment in a world where there is so many people with a bad spirit or bad intentions, it's just brutal that you lose people like Mo Gabba. And that kind of sums up um, his impact on the city and everything. So awesome to have that, as you said, on a national stage. That will do it for this week's instant analysis. Tough loss for the Birds, um, but awesome to see that um, and see Mo kind of his story get expanded. We will be back for our preview show you can listen to it i mean why would you not you can eat turkey you can eat mashed potatoes and you can listen to the x52 boys preview steelers ravens uh we have not decided we may try to go tuesday night and get it out wednesday we may go wednesday before um we will see what happens but make sure to look out on social media and your feeds um to listen to that one make sure to follow the boys on social media at barstool banks for the man still in ocean city maryland repping on the (laughs) eastern shore you can follow rdt at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. I got that down so well at this point. You, uh, you, can, follow, you can follow me at TerraceMy10, at Exit52 on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you next time on the Exit52 podcast.